Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We've been talking about the Lord's help. It's, our text has been Hebrews 13, chapter, verses 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not fear. What can man do to me? So we've been talking about the Lord's help. And there's really been three things we've been talking about. Uh, we, talk, we talked about a lot last week. Uh, to acknowledge God's help and that we need his help and to ask for his help. So let me just kind of recap that. We, we talked about that we do acknowledge his help. This is important too. You have to acknowledge your need for help. If you never acknowledge your need for help, you won't get help. And so a lot of times people think, well, God knows what's going on. He, he just, you know, he, he's, he's going to help. No, actually, we need to acknowledge we need help and we need this help. Now, a lot of times people say, well, you know, I got the, I got the big things. I mean, I got the small things. I'm going to give God the big things. I got the small things. I, I suggest giving him all things. Yes. And actually, because if you can practice up on the small stuff and the big stuff comes, it's not as big. So acknowledging your need for help, asking for help. Last week, we talked a lot about asking in line with scriptures. So we don't want to ask for things that are just, we're not just random asking. God, I, you know, I really like this girl. I want you to make her like me. That's, that's not a scriptural prayer. God's not going to make someone like you. Lord, my boss is horrible. Would you kill him? <laughs> don't pray that. that. That's not a good prayer. You, you, you don't want to pray that. And, and the Lord's not going to kill your boss. He, he's just not going to do it. Or your spouse or your in-laws. Some of you are so disappointed to hear that, but that's true. So we're, we're, we're not just praying God makes someone, makes someone. So we talk about praying in line with, with the scriptures. Uh, the one thing we also want to talk about just a little bit is there was a, a third one called accept the help. That's another position that requires humility because when, when help comes, you know, God doesn't always use people that we choose to help us. I mean, it's, <laughs> You may be in a situation, someone speaks something into your life, and you're like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe that came from them. I don't even like them. And they helped me. And you have to acknowledge that it's God. I've, I've told the story years ago when we were back over in the roller rink, uh, when we were just getting started, we built out a roller rink, had room in our first sanctuary for about 300 people. And we were busting at the seams and running multiple services. And we were just at a, at a quandary. Now we built it within the confines of the roller rink. So there was space on the outside, but it was unfinished. And we were like, what do we do? What do we do? And we were, we were just sitting around just talking, discussing it one day. And there was a lady there who, she wasn't mean and, and she, wasn't, she wasn't unkind. She was just one of those folks that, she was a bless your heart person. You know, it's just, <laughs> she just, she was always whining and complaining about something. And you know, I'd see her coming, I'm like, oh boy, here it comes. And she's going to whine or complain about something. I'm like, oh, Lord. And so we're just sitting there. We're debating. And, and she happened to be standing there. And she, and she just said, well, why don't you just knock the walls out and put some extra tears in here? And she walked away. And I went, oh, Lord, that was you. <laughs> well, I didn't have to be through her. But I had to acknowledge. But that, that was the answer. And that's what we did. We knocked the walls out. And uh, it was unfinished. But then we, we, we fixed it up. And. And, and filled that place up as well. And so it was, it was, it didn't always come through people we want it to come through. Or nor does it always, listen, God's help doesn't always come the way we want it. 
You know, you hear people saying, God, I need you to send so-and-so and send so-and-so to my, to my loved one. And I've had people tell me, I need you to go to the hospital and talk to my loved one because they're not saved. I said, are they asking for me? They're like, no, they don't like you. I'm not going. <laughs> but they had it in their mind that that's how, you, that's how it's going to work. I think the idea is we're asking for the Lord's help. We just have to take his help however it comes. And so accept his help. I want to give you a story tonight. I want, to, I, want to, I want to go, there's a great story in the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament because it gives us great pictures. But it's a picture of receiving help. And it's of the nation of, of Israel, and there's a certain tribe. When Israel moved into the promised land, they come out of Egypt. And you remember that story. Moses led them through Red Sea, led them, led them through the wilderness. They came to the promised land. Moses didn't lead them in. Joshua led them in. And they, they divided up the land between the tribes. All the 12 tribes got land. And so they were still divided into tribes. They were, not, they were not under a king. They were under judges. And at this particular time, they were in a situation where they had asked for a king, and they finally made Saul. Saul was the first king. They anointed him king. He really didn't want to be king. And they finally got him to be king. And it was just kind of a real uneasy time in Israel. And there was a certain group of people here that came under attack, and we'll read it here. Nahash, the Ammonite, came up and encamped against Jabesh-Gilead. That was a, a, a territory, a town. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, to Nahash, Make covenant with us, and we will serve you. And Nahash, the Ammonite, answered them, On this condition I will make a covenant with you, that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach on all Israel. Then the elders of Jabesh said to him, Hold off for seven days that we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel, and then if there's no one to save us, we'll come out to you. That's a problem. So evidently this Nahash the Ammonite came with his army, and he camped against this area, this city called Jabesh Gilead. And he said, so basically he was going to wipe it out, and they said, no, no, we'll make, a, we'll make an agreement with you. We'll sign a peace treaty with you. He said, on one condition. I'm going to take out all your right eyes. Now, the indication here, he didn't say all the men. That meant everybody. This was not a surgical procedure. This was not going to be with anesthesia. This was going to be, they're taking a knife or some tool and gouging out the eyes of every man, woman, and child in that area. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine for your little ones that you know your little ones are going to have their eyes, their right eyes gouged out? I mean, that was a horrific thing. That he said that I might bring a reproach. The enemy, Satan, has always hated Israel and has wanted to do everything he could to bring a reproach. In other words, to make Israel look bad. And so these people acknowledge that they need help. You say, well, of course they acknowledge they needed help. Everyone would do that. Not everyone. Some people face situations and they just crater right into the middle of it. But they acknowledge, let us at least send out to Israel and see if anybody will come and help us. But they had a timeline. They had one week. Can you imagine the time pressure of that? The clock is ticking every day. Tick, tock, tick, tock. Days keep passing. And here they go. Pretty soon they're going to come and take their eye out, their right eye. So they send out to all of Israel. And the news gets to, to where Saul lived. Saul isn't acting as a king. In fact, he's still working with his herds 
in the field. And we'll find this in 1 Samuel 11. Look at this. Now there was Saul coming in from, from behind the herd from the field. And Saul said, what troubles the people that they weep? This news of what Nahash was going to do hit where Saul lived. What troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news, and his anger was greatly aroused. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces and sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. Now this was something where Saul initially was a very um, shy person. Head and shoulders taller than anybody, but he was shy. In fact, when they came to anoint him king, he's hiding. So he's not known for being the strong leader, but there's something here that's, that's real key. It says, and the spirit of God came on him. Now, one of the, you say, well, boy, isn't that amazing? The spirit of God came on him. Listen, guys, here's, here's the beautiful thing. The same spirit of God that came on Saul it's the same Holy Spirit that lives in us. In John, the 14th chapter, I, I realized it went out of, out of, can you go back to that one first? It was, it was the first one I had, John 14. I kind of threw my, thank you guys. Jesus is speaking. He said, these things I've spoken to you by being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Leave it up there just for a minute. Notice what Jesus calls the Holy Spirit. He calls him what? The helper. That he is the helper. If you look at the Holy Spirit, the history of the Holy Spirit, he just didn't show up at Pentecost. He existed. He, he, was, he was actually present when God created the heavens and the earth. He said, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. So it's the same Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. In other words, Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and he will help you. Listen, so anytime you're reading in the Bible and you read, wow, the Spirit of God came on Saul, you ought to go, thank you, Lord, that that same Spirit lives in me. Because when you made Jesus the Lord, the Spirit of God came to dwell in us. And that is, and guys, listen, you talk about help, that's help. And so here we are with, with Saul, and he's, now he's fired up. He said the Spirit of God came on and empowered him. So he takes an oxen and he carves it up and sends pieces out to all the tribes. This is rather a graphic telegram. So all these pieces go out and he sends out and says, hey, you don't come to fight against this Nahash the Ammon and I, you guys don't come out. He said, this is what's gonna happen to your oxen. Everyone's like, ooh, we're coming. So here they come. So now, now they send a message back. So they ask for help. And, and now the, the help is coming. So people of Jabesh Gilead accepted the help, 1 Samuel 11, 1 Samuel 11, 9 through 14. So they sent messengers, and they said to the messengers who came, thus you shall say to the men of Jabesh Gilead, tomorrow by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. When I read that, I thought, well, if that was here, that's like six o'clock in the morning. But at, uh, <laughs> then the messengers came and resorted to the men of Jabesh and they were glad. Hang on to that just right there. Remember, messengers had gone out from Jabesh Gilead. They're saying, we need help, guys. Nobody was coming to help until, until Saul got anointed by the Spirit of God to do something. And now he's like, okay, we got everybody. And he sent these messengers back to Jabesh Gilead. He said, you go tell them that, that tomorrow when the sun is hot, you're going to have help. Now, what you said, 
And when they reported this to the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Okay, you can go to the next one. Yeah. Therefore, the men of Jabesh said, and now they're talking to Nahash, tomorrow we'll come out to you and you may do with us whatever seems good to you. So it was on the next day, Saul put the people in three companies. They came into the midst of the camp in the morning watch and killed Ammonites until the heat of the day. And it happened that those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together. Then the people said to Samuel, who is he who said shall Saul reign over us? Bring the men that we may put them to death. But Saul said, not a man shall be put to death this day for the Lord has accomplished salvation in Israel. And Samuel said to the people, come let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. Some interesting things happen. So catch this. Saul gets the people and he tells, he tells all the people at Jabesh Gilead that tomorrow you're going to have help. They said when they heard that, they were glad. They were, so here's the deal. They were glad before the help showed up because they believed the word of a king. Now remember, Saul had just been anointed king. He's untested. He's done nothing, but they believed his word. And because they believed that Saul, listen, there was a day, and we used to, I know old timers ago, there was a day when men's word was their bond. There really was. And if, if someone said, I'm going to be there tomorrow, they were good for that. And if Saul said, I'm going to be there tomorrow, they took his promise as he's coming. And because they had a promise of help, they were glad before the help showed up. And when the help did show up, thank God Saul wiped out those Ammonites and nobody had to have their right eye gouged out. But then God accomplished two things. The Ammonites were defeated and he reestablished Saul as the king of Israel. So now Saul has just had, God just, you know, God can multitask. He can get two things done at the same time, deliver and establish Saul. And so they're now, let's go renew the kingdom. They asked, they acknowledged they needed help. They asked for help and they accepted the help when it came. But remember, they got happy before the help showed up. And that's important right there. That's a, that's a key thing. But there's a rest of this story. This isn't, there's a rest of this story. 40 years after that, 40 years after, Saul has not been a good king. He started off good, didn't end up well. He's not been a good king. And he went to battle with, with Jonathan, his son, and his other sons, and the Philistines killed them. And in the battle after killing them, they actually desecrated their bodies. They chopped their heads off. They stripped them of their armor and they nailed their bodies to a city wall. Which is, you know, it's, no one would like that done to a loved one, but especially in these days of how the dead were treated was real honorable, and this was horrible. This was, this was again, a, this was an in-your-face to Israel. But something happened here. When the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men rose and traveled all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan. And they came to Jabesh and burned them there. And when they took their bones and buried them under the tamarisk tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. Here's something I want you to get a hold of. They, 40 years later, they still remember what Saul had done for them. 40 years later, they had kept that memory alive. And, and the valiant men, honorable people got up and said, we remember what Saul did for us. A lot of these people may not have been alive then, but that, that was kept intact. And they went and took, traveled all night, risked their lives,
took their bodies down and buried them honorably. Honorable people. But they remembered something and they kept it alive. Let me give you five things before we close tonight. I call it the five A's. The five A process. Acknowledge our need for God's help. We want to, we just, listen, don't, don't go through a day where you don't say, Lord, I need your help today. Acknowledge your need for God's help. Number two, ask for help from the Lord in line with his word. So ask him for help. But here's the deal. Don't beg and don't whine. It might have worked with your mother. It doesn't work with God. Have you ever noticed how begging just seems, it's, it's, it's not good. And you don't want to beg God. Oh, please, God. Oh, please, God. I mean, if, if we were standing if we, were, if we were standing here and I'm standing with you and your little, your little child came up, maybe your little six-year-old came up and said, Daddy, Daddy, would you please feed me? I'm hungry. Daddy, would you please feed me? Oh, Daddy, please. Please, Daddy, please feed me. Please, Daddy, please feed me. I, I, I might look at you and go, do you need some money? Are you out of money? Do you need some money to feed that child? And you look at me and go, no, no. I, just, I like for them to beg. It's good for them. <laughs> How many of you would think you are not the father of the day? Or the, how many would think that's wrong? To have your children come and beg. And so we're God's kids. So when you're praying, don't say, oh, please, God. And I realize sometimes people have been religiously taught, but you don't have to beg. We're not beggars, we're children. We're part of the family. Family doesn't beg. My kids come over, Matthew's there. He walks in my pantry. He will wipe it out. Doesn't ask. He just walks in there. Why? Because he's family. If you come to my house, you better ask before you go in my pantry. <laughs> how many of you know that's how we treat family? And so listen, when you go to God don't, and don't whine, please God, please God, please. Don't do that. It's not helping you. And the Bible says we're not to beg, we're not to whine, we're to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Don't beg, don't beg, don't whine, ask. Here's the third one. Accept his help. Embrace the helper. Embrace the fact that the Holy Spirit is your helper. Don't be afraid of him. He's not going to make you weird. He's going to help you. He's not the spirit of weirdness. You say, well, I know people, they're all into the Holy Spirit and they're weird. No, 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 they were weird before the Holy Spirit came into their life. <laughs> the Holy Spirit did not make them weird. But embrace the help. This is number three, embrace his help and be glad before seeing the help. First Peter 1.8, look at this. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see, and that word him actually is in, in italics, although now you do not see, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Leave it up there just for a second. Right there is a wonderful, wonderful faith principle. We've asked God for help. Remember, we acknowledge we need help. We've asked God for help. Here's one of the best things you can do. We can begin to thank him before we see the help. This, guys, this is where the rubber meets the road right here. A lot of times people are like, I ask God for help, and I'm going to keep asking God for help, and I'm going to keep asking God for help. No, asking for help, and then thank him for help before it shows up. Did you hear that? Asking for help. It said, having not seen, we don't see it yet, Yet believing, we rejoice. When the men from Jabesh Gilead heard Saul's message, 
I will be here tomorrow before Saul ever showed up. No one was visible. They're like, thank you. Oh, we are so glad. We are so glad that Saul's going to be here tomorrow. And people say, well, you know, he's the new king. No, he said he's coming. And if he said he's coming, we're glad. If God said he would help you before he, the help shows up, why don't we just take him at his word and go, Lord, I want to thank you for your help. I want to thank you for your goodness. I want to thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Lord. We say, well, when I see it, I'll believe it. That is not a scripture. And that's not how we live. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So faith says, Lord, we're going to thank you before we see it. We're going to give you praise. That's the, that's the third one. Here's the, here's the fourth one. Attribute the help to the Lord. That when God does help you, don't take credit. Give it to him. Psalms 34, 2. My soul will make its boast in the Lord, and the humble will hear of it and be glad. Someone says, man, how did you figure that out? You're awesome. You go, the Lord helped me. Nothing wrong with saying, the Lord helped me. But <laughs> where'd y'all go? <laughs> My soul will make its boast in the Lord. I don't know about you. I don't like, to, I, I, I don't like braggers. I hear people brag, and I'm like, oh, please. But it's okay to brag on God. we got a good God. He's, he's helped us. It's like when that doctor looked at me and said, what happened to your voice? I'm like, do you forget who I work for? i got a God who can do some awesome things. And we can brag about him. And listen, when you're boasting about him, you're not talking about you. You're talking about what he's done. Has he ever done anything for, for any of you? Have you, have you ever, I mean, some of, us, some of us wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for him. Some of us would not, man, some of us, our mental health would be out the window if it wasn't for him. Some of us wouldn't sleep well at night if it wasn't for him. Some of us, man, some of us wouldn't have the relationships we have if it wasn't for him. Some of us wouldn't have the jobs we have if it wasn't for him. If he's done anything for you, why don't we give him the credit? When, when, and listen, if, now here's what, here's what, here, listen, here's what will happen. When you do that, the Bible said, when you brag on the Lord, it says the, the humble here, the people with humility, when you go, well, the Lord helped me. Then the people with humility go, yeah, he did. Got it. The people without go, oh, you know, you, I've had people do that to me. Oh, you built such a big church here. You, I, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, the Lord's helped me. Oh, but you know, you're like, no, hush. The guy who told me the best sat down one day in my office. He said, he looked at me, he had a kind of one of rough voice. He said, Pastor, he said, God's doing good things in this church. I was about to thank him. He said, because I know it ain't you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. And he's right. If it wasn't for his grace and anointing, I wouldn't be here. This, listen, what we're looking around, what we're seeing, this wasn't talent, people. This was God. Amen. And his ability to sustain us for 27 years, that's God. The fact that I'm still married to my wife is God. <laughs> the fact that, that we have a, a good staff here is God. Listen, listen, we have to give credit where it's due. So we, we attribute the victories to God. If he's bailed you out of something, don't go, I'm lucky. So I'm blessed. 
And here's the last one. There's five. I told you I'd give you five. You know, you get five-star reviews. This is like five A's. It's, or you could call it a five-star. Here's the last one. It's adulate. I had to come up with something for A, but it actually means exaggerated praise. Uh, the Greek word implies wagging the tail. If I see a dog coming at me and wagging his tail, I'm like, oh, he likes me. It's okay. We don't wag our tail at God, but it's the, the same sense of, Lord, I, I, I love you, and I'm praising you, and I'm giving you praise. Psalms 96, verse 4 says as well, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all gods. Acknowledge, ask, accept, attribute, adulate, praise. Give him, give him praise. He's worthy to be praised. This is how we get help. You know, I, I've, I've, I've noticed that over the years I've seen, and, and I like that when I saw that when, with the people from Jabesh Gilead. Forty years later, they still remember what Saul had done. And so they went and got his body. They, they honored him. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. This is real important. If God has done something for us, we owe him. We owe him. When my um, first grandson was born, Christina's child, Grant, he was, um, I was talking with Justin when the call came in. Christina had had an abruption. Grant was, Grant, it was, it was touch and go for both of them. And Grant was in the ICU. And they didn't know if he was going to live. And I, I remember I just looked at, I looked at Justin. He, he saw Justin pretty perceptive. He saw a look on my face. He said, we'll talk later. And I walk right back to this prayer room. And I'm praying. And I said, Lord, Lord, huh? Lord, this is my grandchild, please. And I'm praying. I'm, I'm not begging, but I'm telling the Lord, I need your help here. And I'll tell you something, the Lord helped him. And Joy went up there, and it was touch and go there for a while. But God continued to do a work in that boy. And they were, they were telling, they were telling us that he was going to be, you know, he might be impaired. And, you know, you know how they'll give you the worst case scenario. And the beautiful thing about it was he was sharp as a tack. He was reading at four. And just, he's bright. But I remember telling the Lord, I owe you one. I owe you one. I think a lot of us, if we're very honest, could look at the Lord and go, I owe you one. Or more than one. And let me tell you something. When, when we make heaven, we're definitely going to have that feeling. I am so glad to be here. I owe you all the thanks, all the praise. Would you bow your head for a moment? Father, you have been good to us, and we thank you. There are people here that you have delivered and saved, healed, strengthened. I'm one of them. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for what you have, so many of us, you have rescued out of some deep, dark holes. And we owe you. We owe you more than we could ever repay. But we can give you praise. And we can give you thanks. And we can honor you with all we have. So we do that tonight. We thank you. Thank you.
Sedge your bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure, but I want to be. Or maybe you're like, boy, I used to be sure and I've walked away from God. But I want to come back. Would you, would you pray for me? Yeah, we're going to pray for you. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. If you're online, obviously we can't see you. But this is such a good prayer. If you're not sure where you stand with the Lord, you know you need to come back to him. This is for you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you one thing, though. If that's you, would you be willing to acknowledge that and say, Alan, that's me. Would you guys pray for me? Just by acknowledging by raising your hand saying, that's me. Would you pray for me? I need thanks. Thank, thank you for your courage. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for your courage. Appreciate that. All the way in the very back. Thanks. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you just struggled there. Couldn't lift your hand. But you really want in on this prayer. You can pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. You're watching online. Pray it with us. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that. Thank you for those who've stepped out of spiritual darkness into light and for those who've come back home. We rejoice with them. Lord, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.